What's up, everyone? Welcome to some episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I don't five eighty five ninety five ninety seven would be my guess. Yes, that would be it. <laughs> uh, the, it's definitely Christmas. your first guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's my first guess. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Hannah. I apparently know the episode number slightly more, <laughs> but yes, I'm here. Uh, it's it's near the end of the year. It's wild. And uh, we another Pokemon game in the books. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite yet. Uh, Al is here. Uh, yes, it's not just near the end of the year. This is the last episode of the year, unless you're releasing on Sunday next week, Steve. No, yeah, I guess I guess it would be it would be recording and releasing on Monday, like always. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. We're going to make the last episode of the year the longest episode of the year. Right? No, I don't. <laughs> we can't. We can't do more than last week. <laughs> Everyone seemed to love it, though. Yeah, that I did not love the editing of that. <laughs> I, I don't think so they're going to announce another seven star raid tonight. Yes, I think I think we're clear with that. Although the seven star <laughs> iron bundle is very cute and thematic and fun. Here's the deal. Uh there there is some Pokemon news here and there. Nothing like terribly important. Uh so this episode is what we said last week, which is story based. So if you have not finished the Indigo Disc DLC, uh, here's your warning for that. Also your warning that Hannah is probably going to dominate this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> we can we can only hope yeah, I think uh, I think before we get into it, I have one thing I want to talk about last week. I think Al wanted one thing to talk about last week. Mine is I still am blown away about how much people love the synchro machine. It is still mind blowing to me that people like this, and I have I have such a love hate relationship with it because I used it to knock out Delibird outbreaks, which mm. my frustration is. I can't use it anywhere else, so it's like I need to pick Delibird Outbreaks in the terrarium to use it, and then I realized when I was, then I was like, okay, this is great, like, if a shiny pops up, it's okay, because I'm still standing here, because it's just an outbreak, and I can get it done faster, and then I realized also, because you can't check your map, you also can't check the timer on your sandwich, which is just like another, like, just frustrating thing of like, I'm having a good time with it. Let me just check how much time I have. Oh, I I can't. I have to like go out of it. There's just so many little things that make. Yeah. I I get the core concept of people being like, I get to be my favorite Pokemon. I understand. I I Cramorant Unite was one of the best things in the entire world for me because I could waddle around and tippy tappy and shoot Aracuda at people. But the uh, the amount of f- limitation like <laughs> that you get in this machine is so frustrating because it's. It is charming, or it can be charming. I agree. I think I was also using it for Delibird raids, um, mainly because the shiny is so obvious that you can't just like miss it, and also because I have enough shiny Delibirds, I don't really care about them. Like, I, you know, I spent <laughs> I spent yesterday doing it and got like five of them, and I'm like, I already had the one I needed, right? I don't need all these, so I need to. Um, someone suggested Wonder trading them tomorrow, so I, I think I might do that um but yeah i was enjoying it for that but yeah it's like i really want to use it for more more hunts but the problem is that i don't trust my eyes enough for most shinies 
um especially like milkery last week i wasn't doing it for that and flababy certainly wasn't doing it for that like it's just too too risky when those shinies are so hard to notice yeah no that's totally fair it's just a fun thing to do i still enjoy using it for bbqs but you can't see what the bbqs are that you're trying to do <laughs> you just need to keep track and honestly that one shows up so often as long as i just keep doing it i figure i'm helping <laughs> oh i see so you're doing it with um when you're doing it with other people yeah okay fair enough because then they do keep cycling around i guess you don't need to keep track of them i was doing it for bbqs on my on my own and mm. when you've only got three it's really hard to 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 figure out which ones you have I, I don't even know if you do a BBQ as like a Miascarada, you can't see it because you can't open up any menus. But if you do it, it should still pop up, right? That you did it. I don't yes. think it does. When you, oh, it, does. it does. When you okay. complete it, it still says completed. But if you're doing it with a bunch of other people, that is kind of constantly going. Yeah, yeah. So you just kind of have to keep track of how many you've knocked out. Yeah. I noticed that the, so it's only showing three at a time. And no matter how many you have done, it will still take the same amount of time to show on the screen. Yes. So that's why, as we, as I mentioned last week, that's why they're like constantly always there because it's all you need is someone to do four really quickly and then that's it. You've got a backlog. You're never going to see the end of the list. <laughs> yeah, I uh, made a video about the... This is a good transition. I made the, a video about the item printer because mm. people were, weren't understanding how it works. But the main purpose of that video because i'm sure every pokemon content creator under the sun made a video about the item printer uh the thing that i noticed that i didn't really see people were talking about is the different percentages of what a pokemon is worth so like delibird was worth 56 per percentage i don't know like delibird's livers like 56 percent. you put two livers in boom you're like one that's one print job when i was doing the outbreaks for Delibird, I was like, I don't even care to get to 60. I'm just going to clear the entire outbreak because I need the materials anyways. And then I'll just move yep. to the next outbreak. Like, <laughs> and then I'll just move to the next outbreak. And if a shiny pops up, great. If it doesn't, not that big of a deal. Should pop up because the shiny odds are pretty high. Uh, but also, I'm going to get a bunch of material. And the next event coming, which is the Dragon New Year Dragon event, it's like Duraludon, Dratini, and Jangma Oak. Oh, and they all have pretty high percentages as well. I I really like that certain Pokemon are worth certain things because it makes you just want to clear the outbreak regardless. Like there was like a Bombardier outbreak I had and I, I remember Bombardier was being like good for that. Uh, and that was my thought. I was like, I already have like a shiny Bombardier, but also like I could just clear this outbreak. If one pops up, awesome. If it doesn't, like I have all this material. And I'm very curious how many people never touched their material in like the last year they didn't make tms they didn't sell it they like got addicted to the item finder just ripped through all of their material and then in terms their bp and now they're like in this like loop of like oh i need to knock out pokemon because <laughs> i don't have any material to run the machine I think, I mean, first of all, I need to apologize for my hate of the item printer. Uh, like, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of the individual, like, the 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 0.1% to get the Pokeball is, uh, Pokeball Lotto or whatever it's called, is, is per item. So you actually get like roughly 1% for each time, which is a much bigger percentage. But anyway, I've been enjoying doing that. I think that what I like is 
you know, we've talked before about when you have something where you're trying to grind out something, giving you a secondary thing to do as well, which is, this is exactly what that's doing. You can be shiny hunting while also gathering the resources that you can then use for the item finder. No, item finder. Item printer. I keep because calling it item previously, finder too. <laughs> can they stop reusing similar names? Um, <laughs> I struggle with words as it is. Thank you. Uh, because before now it was like, okay, you can get these, but what are you getting them for? You're getting them for TMs. And it's like, well, I use most TMs maybe twice. Like I'm not, I'm not a competitive person. Obviously I'm doing the raids. I'm enjoying the raids, but there's only so many Pokemon you can actually build for those. And this gives you something that it really doesn't matter which one you have as well. You can use it for that. That's what I really like. Cause yeah, I just now, obviously I'm focusing on Delibird, Bird and I'll be focusing on Duraludon next time mainly because I don't have the shiny but also because of the high percentage but it also means that no matter which one you're doing even if it was only worth nine percent you still if you if you you hunt that Pokemon you're going to get hundreds of them you know you're gonna it's going to be really useful for the item printer no matter what it is the cafeteria there's uh for 50 bp I think it's like the pizza <laughs> I love the uh, the American cafeteria food that they did it's like item drop level two and then it's um title level one so that's what i did for deli bird i was like i don't like i don't want to use an urban mystica i don't want to make a sandwich i'm just gonna buy the item drop two because like my main goal was to get more deli bird feet to like grind into the <laughs> deli bird's an easy one steve it's feet it's presents presents <laughs> yeah, i think spent it's actually so long parcels. trying to come up with an alternate theory for pokemon go that's not grinding pokemon up into candy and now you're just here talking <laughs> about jangmao livers but they but they are like some of them are like i don't think any of them are the insides of them like some of them are <laughs> fur, like fur and stuff like that and there might be as close as like beaks is probably the most Feathered. There are some one. that are there are some that are a little iffy. Yeah, <laughs> slime. But there I are no it's... internal organs. Not a single one is an internal organ, Steve. <laughs> the best bit was on your video for the uh, for the item printer stuff is you were saying like Deli Bird livers or whatever while it was showing on the screen. Deli Bird presence. It was literally on the screen, Steve. <laughs> I I think I think the the item printer is great. And I, at first, I was actually I didn't I don't think I said I, I don't I don't think I said this last week. At first, I thought I was going to be like, okay, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the guy that's like, everything is like shinies are too hard or shinies are too easy. But I think there is like a a, a balance, and it did kind of feel like, man, this machine is so good at just giving you money and giving you apricorn balls or or master balls or whatever or safari balls. But really, I think. I am biased because I play the game so much and because I had just had so much material. Like I haven't run out yet and like I can, I can keep going, but I think for the average player, when I say average player, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is an average player. I think people <laughs> listening to this podcast are above average players for the record. But I think for the average player who like came back to the DLC, going to play it for maybe a week or two, then move on to a different game, which is like totally cool. I don't think they can sit there for like two hours and just grind that machine. Nor Unless, would like, they want to. <laughs> or if I they mean, do, I haven't. Or if they do start I grinding that it, hard they, for TMs, they can Sorry. like come back. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I haven't worked that hard for TMs, and I was still able to upgrade the entire thing all the way up to the master ball level with just happy and e materials. And I 
know that I have never once, or I am, I am fairly confident that I have never once farmed happy any materials, and I don't make that many TMs, and I was very surprised that I had enough in there to just upgrade the whole thing and then keep going with everything else I already had. So you get them fairly easily, even if you don't uh, go for it all the time for TMs. I think they've, I, I honestly, like I was complaining about it last week, but I think they've hit a really nice balance, right? Because um, as I, you know, as I said, like it's it's integrated with another aspect of the game, but also, so I was doing roughly like 10 prints at a time. So that's a hundred items. And I was, I was getting roughly one kind of like Pokeball thing every, every, each of those times I did it. So like roughly one in 10. And then each time of those, I was roughly getting about two apricot balls. That doesn't feel like an insane number. That feels like a good number. That feels yeah. like you can actually go and spend some time to build them up and use them for stuff. But they're not, if people really want them to still be kind of like semi-rare, like it still does that, right? You actually have to put in that effort. And in terms of like the money thing, I think by the time you're at this point in the game, you've played through the whole game, you've played through the first DLC, you've now played through at least some of the second DLC before you can unlock it. And if you get to the Master Ball, you've played the entire DLC. Like, I feel like you should be able to get money pretty easily by that point, right? And if you really <laughs> want to get money quickly, you can do that by going to the 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 um the tournament. You can just they've set it up again so you can just a spam through that. So if you have a turbo controller, you can essentially get infinite money. So I, I, think I, the I, item I don't think that might that's actually a be faster. Possibly, it's more difficult to turbo control. I think it is, but the tournament also gets harder once you've completed the Indigo Disc. Mm. Yeah, I I still think it was faster to walk around Kitakami to pick up items than it was to go through the tournament because you're like picking up like mm. rare bones and like comet shards. That's true. They are everywhere. <laughs> like I like I I guess I would have to like time out. Well, I, I guess you could literally look up how much you would get from the tournament. It's the same. It's like nineteen thousand every battle or something. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, but then, like, if you use that I've same amount of money, so I'm not doing it just now. right. Yeah, like, if you use that same <laughs> amount of time to like pick up items off Kitakami, what is that? If you use that same amount of time, but obviously, you would have to do it a couple times to then get an average to then compare it. Because, anyways, I. I <laughs> I, I think I think the the loop they created is is really good. Uh, and shout out to all the people who sold all of their Pokemon guts before this DLC came out and had nothing. Like you didn't really get that much money for selling that stuff, but I know people did because they're like, I'm never going to use. Well, it was league points you got for them. It wasn't actually money anyway. Oh yeah, it was league points. And yeah, league points don't even matter in Indigo Disc they're at all. No, I think really the only thing you can do league points for that you can't use money for is TMs. Everything else is money or league points. Yeah. Also, like, there's no vending machines, like, in Isle of Armor that we didn't talk about. Like, you got discounted, you got discounted vitamins from upgrade. So in Isle of Armor, you could upgrade the, the, the dojo. And one of the upgrades in the dojo was to add the vitamin vending machines. And they had, like, 25 like HP ups for like a discount, like a significant discount. Okay. And for a DLC that they were like battle Academy, battle focus, I thought they would have a place to get discount vitamins. Where's the, where's the pharmacy at blueberry Academy. <laughs> Instead, you're just going in and you're having to pay for every single thing with the new currency you haven't had anywhere else in the game. Yeah. Well, that's not the, the, the vending machines in, uh, are, are money though. In, 
in the Oh, you mean like the vending machines are. in the pretty certain they are. Yeah, I don't think they're BP. Cuz you you're just buying pokeballs. Are they not? I'm pretty sure they are BP because I'm pretty sure I checked and every single thing in Blueberry Academy is is bought with BP. I found that very interesting. Actually, I can check right now. I'm yeah, literally I in front of one. Okay, never mind. I was wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because you, you have to buy, like, a quick ball before you even... Or you don't have to buy a quick ball, but if you didn't have any Pokeballs, you had to buy, like, Pokeballs to do the first Grimer, or not Grimer, but the first, like, Catch Nolan Pokemon mission. Yeah, but you can you can make BP before that. No, I don't... You can't make BP until Lacey... Until that mission is done. Then Lacey unlocks okay. it for you. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry, I mean, Nintendo, you could go fly Nintendo, somewhere else and buy balls, but... Nintendo really walked me through that. <laughs> 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 okay let's uh speaking of lacy speaking of the terrarium where where would you like to start hannah this is y- your segment where y- y- do you just want to go through the, the story <laughs> they present is there something standing out to you gosh okay so i i think i want to preface with the fact that the twitch streams i have been doing for the month before the indigo disc came out were very story focused i spent a month going through and specifically focusing on the story of the main game, the story of the first DLC, leading up to the last one, leading up to the Indigo Disc, imagining it would be this grand finale, and I came out of the Indigo Disc thinking, that can't be it. That's not the end, right? And I think that I just want to talk through the entire story of the Indigo Disc and also maybe point out the things that we think might be coming up in the epilogue that was announced with a trailer gonna, this week. I was going to say, isn't the end the epilogue? <laughs> That's yeah. why it's called an epilogue. <laughs> well, I mean, an epilogue is meant to be after the end, isn't it? It is meant to be after the end. It's meant to be like additional story. Like, I feel like when they say the end, we should probably feel satisfied with that. And the epilogue should be five years later. Well, not, obviously not five years later. Well, nothing that's can what be they do worse. In, like, after credits. <laughs> nothing can be worse than the Harry Potter epilogue. That was probably the worst epilogue of all time. <laughs> Let's name our children after eight characters that have just existed. <laughs> Fair. Not surprised. Lots of bad things there. All right. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I could. <laughs> we could, but I think known. it's a whole diff- It's a different podcast, Steve. <laughs> Let it know. Let be known that epilogue sucks. It's bad. Okay. We talked about the Elite Four mechanically last week. There is some Elite Four story involvement. I think they didn't. Uh, here's what I'll say, and I I don't know if. Hannah agrees or disagrees. I felt like the story of the Indigo Disc was like when you go to a movie's Wikipedia and you just read it and you're like, yep, that whole movie makes sense. Like it felt like the Indigo Disc made sense. Everything from start to finish was like, oh, I under I understand the story you are telling. You are giving no fluff or filler. You are like, here's the next like bullet point we have to hit off the wikipedia which i don't think is bad by any means i i I was surprised because hannah and i sat on the show and we were like there's so much that they need to tell us and they did kind of 
answer I, there's probably one or two questions that they really like maybe kind of glossed over but like they did kind of tackle everything in very like oh we're that okay okay i guess that's your <laughs> that's your answer next bullet point please but it did feel very it didn't feel like rushed it just felt like we are simplifying this down and here you go <laughs> Like, no filler. <laughs> there was maybe a little bit of filler, a little bit of fluff in the fact that all the characters in the Indigo Disc felt like anime character tropes, and there were actually interactions between the characters, there were relationships between the characters, there were feelings between the characters introduced in the Indigo Disc, between all of the Elite Four. They were clearly classmates who had relationships of a sort or other, they liked each other, or they didn't like each other, or they were annoyed by one another, and that was neat, but that wasn't really quite the same stories I was expecting to learn more from. The stories I was expecting to learn more about really were kind of Wikipedia entry kind of thing. <laughs> the game really wanted the characters to have character arcs, and so they wrote that they had character arcs, but they didn't actually write the character arcs themselves. So you see the beginning of the character arc and you see the end of the character arc, but you're like, but how did we actually get from there to there? <laughs> you know, like to, if you take like Kieran's ending, for example, right? Ending. I... <laughs> well, okay. Ending within this story. You, it's like, okay, he's, 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 you know, at this point where, you know, he's clearly been hurt by us in the previous story. He's clearly having some trouble. He's trying to, like, make himself big and strong because that's going to fix everything, apparently. And then it's kind of the same for most of the story. And then right at the end, he's like, oh, you've done the exact same thing we did in the last one. You defeated me and then you caught the Pokemon I wanted. Oh, I guess everything's fine. Can we go back to being friends? Like, there wasn't really any substance there with that. You're just like, there's, I see there where they wanted moments, him to go, though. but why? There are moments that I'm hoping they're going to maybe expand on a little bit more. So I, if we want to talk about the Elite Four first, we can talk about the Elite Four first. But I've spent, I think, at least 20 hours thinking purely about Kieran. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Kieran is like the highlight of the stories. Um, I, I, for the Elite Four, like the only the, I guess the two characters that stand out for me for the Elite Four are Drayton, who is... Mm -hmm. I think I think one of the coolest characters in the entire franchise. I'm a little disappointed that every character had like pretty much a closing arc and Drayton didn't really close. Like you you feel like it's going to close. Drayton comes off so mm -hmm. what I like about Drayton is that he's like this lazy like millennial energy like i'm like 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 i'm successful but i'm also like lazy but like i'm 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 like everyone likes me but also there's like a few people that don't really like me like it's it's really relatable um i think to at least me and when when carmine is like don't trust him he's a jerk but like to you, your character, you holding the controller, he seems awesome. Like he's super friendly to you. He's really welcoming. He wants you to join the league. And then at some point in that story, like there's I can't remember what character says, like you just you cannot trust Drayton. He's up to something. But like, like the energy he's just giving you is like, you're awesome. Glad you're here. Love you, man. Let's get lunch again. And and then at the end when Kieran loses, 
you can t- you can see it. You you it's like it's like how you're like if you were on a date with somebody and you're having like a really really great time. Everything everything's good and then you go to dinner and then all of a sudden your date is super rude to the waiter. And mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh my gosh, I now see what everyone was saying." Like I had such a good time and now you're like I have this like ick that you're like super rude and dismissive to the waiter. And Drayton and just du- to check you're you're talking about the moment where he goes up and and says to Kieran, "How was it, ex champion?" Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it was so cool when he said that because it was so petty. <laughs> so like you fi- like you go through this whole like Elite Four and you see that arc of like, oh, now my character is personally seeing Drayton be this like bad guy that everyone was warning me about, and he does that in front of Kieran, and you're like, oh, here it comes. But that's kind of like the end of that story. Yeah, and like, yeah, they don't expand on that. There's no payoff to be like, what was his motives besides like, I want Kieran to lose? I think, I mean, I feel like most of his motives were almost wanting to help a friend. That's how I felt for most of the time. Though also, question, have either of you done any of the post-story stuff in the club room with all of the characters in mm-hmm. there? Because no. I know there's more story there. Yeah. I also yeah. haven't done it. <laughs> But there is more story there. I know the first thing you uh, hear from Drayton when you go in there, post-credits, post-story, all of that, is Drayton saying that uh, Kieran hasn't apologized to him yet, basically. Kieran hasn't hasn't really talked to him yet. Mm. He's just gone and disappeared, so. Yeah, no, I, I haven't done any of the post stuff. I heard that it's very long if you want to yep. go through, because it's like 18 people and like three battles each. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but it's very... Also, it's not double battles, battles. which is really weird. <laughs> I didn't realize there was any story related to the the Blueberry Academy people, I assumed. Because I've seen some of the stuff with the gym leaders and the teachers from from yeah. Paldea, but I didn't realize there was stuff stuff for the Blue... I'll have to look into that. Because I've done all my other BP stuff, right? I've spent everything else, so that's all I've got BP for now. <laughs> yep. Except the item printer. Always need more BP True. for the item yeah. printer. True, but it's cheap. But yeah, no, I I was always kind of weirded out by the fact that other people were saying that Drayden was up to something because he really just seems like he wants to help Kieran stop being so hard on himself and everyone around him. That's what Drayden seems to object to. Yeah. And there was that biting moment at the end where he calls Kieran ex-champion. But even that, it's kind of just that one little bit. I don't feel like that's him revealing anything. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a little bit weird. What I did notice about him as well is, did you notice his catchphrase for you? His no. champ in the making? He calls you champ in the making, which is what the, the guy at, at the start of the gyms in Gen 1 talk, says. Oh, yeah. dang, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, no, that is that is really cool. I will say uh, not really story related, but lore related in Pokemon. I liked the we're jumping all over the place. That's fine. I figured that was going to happen. I liked when um, after Kieran loses, uh, Drayton is like, OK, well, you get to move down the ranks 
and you're like yeah. the number two trainer now, which means I'm the number three, which means Crispin is like out of the elite four. And Crispin is like, no, like <laughs> it was just kind of cool to see that, like, like openly talked about of like, hey, we actually have a structure in our like elite four. Like, I'm sure all elite fours have structure, but like they like openly talk about it. And it was just like it felt like more connected instead of like what the mess of like the X and Y elite four was where you got there and like no one like had any connections. It didn't make sense. You could do them in any order. Like the only one that you saw prior was the team flair reporter on TV. And then you battle them and you never think about them again. <laughs> I think or, the the blueberry... or the sun and moon one where he's just like, here's some people. There you go. I chose them. <laughs> <laughs> you already fought these. Yep. Here's a girl with a toucan and she used to golf. <laughs> I think the Blueberry Elite Four might be able to make it a little bit more uh, straightforward because they're a club and they don't necessarily have to pay people for having the Elite Four as a job, or at least that's how it is in Paldea. Since Larry's apparently been working there for 20 years. 25. 25 years. 25 years. <laughs> so long. No wonder he's tired. That's a long time. I thought Crispin was okay. Like I thought, like I I liked the very like little of his personality that they shown. Um, like I I did like pretty much pretty much every interaction with him. Um, Amaris was like fine. I want to see more of Amaris because I really feel like there's something there, and her relationship with Kieran and with Carmine seems really interesting to me. But they don't show very much of it. Yeah, aren't, isn't she like? They say at one point. That she's like Carmine's best friend, or they're like really close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Carmine's friend, but she also seems to care about Kieran. Yeah, she said she asked you who because I I redid this this morning. She she asked you who Kieran is to you, and you can either say a friend or or a rival. And I don't actually know what it says if you say a rival, but if you say a friend, she says, "Well, to me, he's my best friend's brother." And then she talks about how she's worried about how he doesn't seem the same anymore and want to and her it's it's interesting people in pokemon always fix things by battles right because she's like that's why i need i need to be the one to help him and that's yeah. why i need to defeat you in battle and you're like i'm not really sure i see the logic there but okay fine let's let's battle <laughs> that's like the wrestling trope in like just wrestling like if there's a problem in wrestling we gotta go to the ring and solve it like that's yeah. that's the I only mean, solution and uh, and then you defeat her and she's like, oh, well, I guess you're the one to fix him. Don't lose to anyone else. Classic. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think she then, just like, struggles struggles with knowing how to show friendship, I think. Well, she has like that military background too, right? Very like stern or whatever. That's the style of outfit, at least. I don't think that's implied anywhere else. Oh, I I thought it was. I thought it was like... With like the stopwatch and like the the stand, how she stands and true, okay, little little things. Yeah, no, I I thought she got like uh, like fresh out of boot camp or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like the most interesting thing about Lacey isn't even like Lacey. It's like the most interesting thing is like she's the daughter of Clay, which is like revealed to you in like those league battles. Like, it's not even revealed to you in the, when you're going through the initial story. It's mentioned, isn't it? It's mentioned that uh, her dad, like, it's mentioned that her dad is a gym leader. Yeah. But, like, the actual, like, 
Lacey's dad is Clay isn't even said by Lacey. It's said by um, it, it's either like Claval or Sereno. Like they say it to you that her they like they confirm her dad is Clay, but like. I, I think most people could put if you play Gen 5 and you're like in her area and you're hearing like the Driftvale music and then like she sends out an excadrille, like you're like, oh, OK, yeah. I got it. They don't look as close as closely related as other Pokemon distant relatives tend to, but they have the same gemstone on their hats and hair clips. Yeah, yeah. But also like nowhere in two games of black and white and black. Two white two. I don't think they ever mentioned Clay has a daughter, which is like fine. Well, we don't know where this is timeline wise, right? If we want to get into that. Yes. Like this could be, you know, what she's probably what early teens at most. So this could be he could she might not have existed back then. Yeah. I need to look up on what the current theories are for the timeline. They're insane. <laughs> <laughs> the timeline is there's only yeah. a few confirmed things, and the rest is just like assumed. Basically, well, you see, Celebi like, went and here, stuff. and then Hoopa yeah. went there. <laughs> <laughs> Although, there's also a dialogue that talks about how Drayton is related to Drayden, the yeah. gym leader. I think. Oh, gran- did they confirm gran- that? Grandson, I think. Yeah. That is also, I believe, confirmed in the BBQ or not the BBQ, the 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 you the, the league the... club battles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The club room stuff. One thing I found interesting storytelling wise is so much of the lore of these, well, the three of the four elite members are, is just told to you by Drayton. Like it just comes up after your battles and it's like, oh yeah, this person, this is, this is their, their whole deal. And you're like, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks narrator. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just, he, he reads everybody really well and he has to tell you about that. I didn't mind that as as much because it just gave him like more personality. Like if the if their goal was like ah, we want to really focus on this guy and the other three are not that important, like it re- yeah. it gives big Lance energy. I'm not saying it's bad. I just found it funny. I was like just as like a personality thing. I just love the fact that he must tell everybody about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to know about someone, Drayton knows. The the obvious after the Elite Four is the Kieran stuff, which kind of pushes the final bit of the story. Because, like, are we, like, missing anything before we get to Kieran? I mean, like, you do that opening battle with Carmine. You see Kieran for the first time. Then it's pretty much like battle the Elite Four. Take your time. Whatever order you want. And then you get to the actual Kieran stuff. Like, I was yeah. shocked how, like... Yeah. Oh, there's nothing else I can just battle. Oh, like, uh, which is totally fine, <laughs> which is probably great. Like, I I think pacing wise is really great. They they pretty much like. We here's the intro to the Indigo disc. Now you can do whatever you want. And if you mm-hmm. want to just get the story done, just do it. There's no like busy work you have to do. Just pick your elite four and then you're off to go or just get distracted and do whatever. So I, I think. At least for me, pacing wise was they did a really good job at giving you the freedom, but also giving you like exactly where you want to go if you want to move this along. 
Yeah, I feel like the pacing worked really well. I also liked how there were side characters, NPCs you could talk to if you wanted to learn more about kind of what was going on, about how the characters were interacting, because I did talk to a few of those because some of them did have things to say about, well, Kieran, um, and about everything that was going on at the school at the time. It feels like this expansion is like the Pokemon Masters of the games where like their focus is on like characters and their backgrounds and their information around them because there's a lot of that in masters isn't there it's like Mm -hmm. the whole point of that is you meet people and they tell you things that you wouldn't have known elsewhere and it's kind of the same thing here and you know we can i'm sure we're about to talk about the actual you know big story of that but i feel like that stuff works really well it's like especially uh, with the the league club stuff later on you know it's the same sort of stuff it's like hey invite this person here and invite this person and you'll get some story and that sort of stuff uh yeah i do yeah, like actually that. especially with the league club stuff at the end that really does feel like masters in some ways yeah it's kind of wild well let's uh take a break real quick and then when we get back we can talk about kieran and the tree that didn't actually matter and then <laughs> the, the hallway uh so <laughs> I forgot about the tree. <laughs> Sword and shield haters didn't forget about the tree. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you are just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites that your audience can engage with, where you can sell your products, and where you can host all of your content in one place on your own terms. The podcast to this show is hosted on Squarespace, and it has been for a decade. That's why we're doing Squarespace ads, because it's really good, and it's really helpful, and it's really easy to use. You don't need to know any coding to make a website squarespace has a fluid engine where you can customize every design detail with dragon and drop-in technology for both desktop and mobile you can put your merch up there easily sell custom merch and keep track of your inventory you can host videos you can have a whole asset library you can run your own email campaigns people still use emails and websites There's powerful blogging tools. There's analytics to see how many people are signing up for your emails, shopping at your store, clicking those podcast links. So if you're looking to build a website, whether that's about photography, your friendship bracelets, your EV raid builds, you can head over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you go to squarespace.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T to save 10% off your first purchase of website and domain. Squarespace.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And we are back from our break. You know, in the in the Teal Mask, I said I I liked where they were going with Kieran. I liked how he was like this Tim timid, shy wowzers little kid (laughs) i liked how they built him up to become like pretty jaded uh and you know some people didn't really agree with how they did that in the story (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like to me it was like okay that those are the points they want to hit to make this kid become like somebody who despises you and i i did i did like that 
and it was cool to me to see what they built up uh in in this dlc of like i i I don't want to say like we finally got a mean rival because like we've had we've had gladion we've had bead um we've had avery we've had like clarissa i guess (laughs) we have carmine yeah carmine which was supposed to do the flip of kieran of going from like angry rude mean to like sweet or like hugh like hugh was also like pretty rude and pretty um standoffish except he just wasn't to you he was just to everyone else um Hmm. I don't know. I guess if if people were really like, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna rival that's mean again. Like, <laughs> well, I I kind of feel like, at least this is the way I've been conceptualizing it. Kieran isn't really a rival so much as he is a villain. The issue that I took and that so many others took with the end of the teal mask was that what he does with Ogrepan there at the end is the actions of a Pokemon villain not of a rival. He's trying to force a legendary Pokemon, any Pokemon, to come with him, regardless of what the Pokemon wants. That's the action of a villain. That's not the action of a Pokemon rival. And I thought that that was really interesting and that that was kind of the the tricky part in that they were trying to make that turn from a character you're supposed to sympathize with, maybe even relate to, into someone who's doing these things that are just not okay and i don't necessarily think they did that as well as they could have partially because of the order of things that i suspect because i have a lot of i have a lot of theories built up in my head we're going to maybe figure out more as time goes on hannah and i talked about this off the podcast but like the the ogre pond incident very very much felt like a uh, Cyrus and Garatina, or Maxi and Archie and Kyogre Groudon. Um, those three that I just named all failed at what they went out to do. I guess, like, technically, Archie and Maxi got Kyogre and Groudon, except they, like, lost power, like, literally instantly. <laughs> but, like, the only one that, like, really succeeded, uh, well, I guess, like, Getsis succeeded. Like, Getsis succeeded in, like, getting either Reshiram or Kiram, uh, or Reshiram or Zekrom. I guess, like, Colrus isn't really a bad guy, but he is, and I guess he succeeded in catching Kiram. But then, like, Giovanni's, like, the probably the best example. Giovanni was like, I want Mewtwo. Mewtwo doesn't want to, like, work with me. I'm going to put a bunch of armor on him, and, like, you, you can't leave. You're my Pokemon. Um, so, like, I-, I did get that, like, energy from Kieran of, like, I don't care what this Pokemon wants. I just want them because they're a legendary Pokemon, which is like the the standard Pokemon villain trope of like, what is the legendary Pokemon? I would like it for myself. <laughs> and it's gone in an interesting, It's it's gotten developed more with the Indigo Disc because at first it was, I want Ogre Pond because Ogre Pond is Ogre Pond. And I've had this connection with Ogre Pond, but then it kind of expanded with this second DLC of I want to get stronger, I want the legendary Pokemon because the legendary Pokemon is the strongest. Yes. Waiting for this. I agree. I think it's interesting, right? Because I, I think well, I was trying. I wasn't sure whether we were going down this road because we we haven't talked about the battle 
with Kieran, which we didn't talk about last week. I don't know whether you want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, let's do first. it now. Yeah, you can go ahead, Al. Okay, my point was about the the, the layer story. <laughs> I like uh, the, the one key thing that I thought about the Kieran battle was I like how he reacts to you bringing out Ogre Pond, and he's so viscerally angry about that. Like, it's not just like, a, oh, whatever. No, it's like he is, you can see in his face that he is just raging about mm-hmm. that. He is so Do you remember unhappy what that he would says? taunt him with Ogre Pond. Because I didn't, I didn't bring Ogre Pond. Because I, I, I created Right, a, you made your new team. I made my new team, yes. <laughs> Ooh, show off. <laughs> yes. No, it's not me, even a show me, off. You me. should have brought Ogre Pond. <laughs> but my Ogre Pond was level 100. My Ogre Pond knocked out his ace Pokemon with a one-hit KO, and I have never laughed harder at a video game. <laughs> I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, you would bring an Ogre here just to taunt me, or something like that. Bring the mm. Ogre here just to taunt me, or something yeah. like that. Like he specifically calls it the ogre, not ogre pond. Oh, interesting. Um, Which I feel like is probably a deliberate choice, right? Because he's he's not like respecting what we've kind of learnt as her actual name, sort of thing. He's like, I think it's probably meant to point out that he doesn't actually care about her. He just like what we then see with Terrapagos later on. Like that's he cares about having the Pokemon and not about knowing the Pokemon. Oh, yeah, I think, like, you know, in, like, hindsight, it was, like, I, I, it, it seemed like he just liked Ogre Pond because it was a, a legendary Pokemon. Uh... I think it, I think it starts out differently. I think it starts out as him feeling a kinship with Ogre Pond. Yep. And, and being, like, he is not, you know, he's not well-liked. He's not got lots of friends. He's kind of the outcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and Ogre Pond is the outcast. And so that's why he starts to, and then when, when she like essentially turns him down, right? That's when I think it it kind of start, snaps for him, and suddenly he's oh, like, "Oh no, no, it's no. before that." Uh, it what is. Have I, I promise. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, go, no, go for so, it. I'm, I'm, I'm here. It depends on how much speculation we want to go into. There are little hints and little puzzle pieces scattered throughout these two DLCs of where exactly Kieran might be becoming more of a villain. And uh, which they, th- I thought they were going to address that in this yes. story. Yes, and they didn't. Which is why I'm grateful for the epilogue. Yeah, which I'm hoping to be grateful for because that's yeah. that's exactly why I finished this story. Going, wait, that can't be it, because there are characters throughout the Indigo Disc basically saying that's not Kieran, that's not the same person. And I was going through that whole time saying, that's not just Kieran. Yes, I think that that Mm -hmm. is still Kieran's maybe at a core goals. But I also think that there is some sort of influence, some sort of maximizing of, say, toxic behaviors that could be happening to him. And I think... Of us, Al might have more of an idea, but I haven't looked at any spoilers. I don't think Steve has looked at any spoilers. So we're just no. talking about pure speculation here. I mean, just for the I've not I've seen almost nothing about the epilogue. I've seen a couple awesome. of small things, but nothing like fundamentally story wise. Okay. Yeah, and for for the record too, the only thing I saw was a screenshot that said like m- m- like let's make Moshi or something. That's why at the end of <laughs> last week's episode, I was like. <laughs> I thought, like, what happened to the Moshi? 
mini <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's a mini game it looked like a mini game but oh so you didn't even know it was the epilogue at that point you just thought no, it was somewhere no in the i game just thought it was like i just saw just now. Uh, yeah i was just going through twitter yeah. and i just saw a screenshot of like it, it said moshi on the screen yeah. uh in kitakami and i was like oh like we're gonna go back to kitakami at some yeah. point and like when i finished the game i was like where did i miss something yeah. is this like is this like I, bone and they were like oh no it's not like in the game or whatever I'm um, glad we now understand why it's in the game, right? Because the, the sensible thing is to not add that into the game until you want it. But because they wanted to release it on the 11th of January, they had to have it in there because there's no way they were getting it out between Christmas and the 11th of January. That was just not happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming the epilogue is going to be a mystery gift item that they just give us. And then like like the Darkrai thing in BDSP or like the Shaman thing in BDSP, you got to connect, get the item, and then whatever that item is triggers the, the epilogue. And who knows how long yeah. it is? Who knows if it's five minutes or ten minutes or an hour? Or... Some people know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the game, so somebody yeah. knows. Yeah. I don't think it's humongous, but I don't think it's just like uh, like the kind of Arceus like the, and BDSP or whatever. Like it's just the, like, the oh, here it is. In, here's, in here, here, here's your thing. That's it. No, I think there is actually work and story to that. But yeah. I'm not and, sure that... Extent of that, and the epilogue makes Kieran's story a little bit harder to talk about because we don't know for sure. We we don't know for sure <laughs> what's going to happen in the epilogue. Some people it it is out there, but we don't know what what's going to happen. We don't know the spoilers, but there were hints all throughout the teal mask about something we didn't know more about yet. So there and a couple of them they zoomed in on in the epilogue trailer. So on the signboard, the I believe the third signboard in Kitakami, when you are traveling with Kieran, taking pictures of the signboard for your school assignment, on the third signboard, I believe that's where it has the picture of the loyal three, the lousy three, and the trainer. And that is one of the things that they zoomed into at the very end of the epilogue trailer, as well as... In the shop in Kitakami, there is that little plush just peach, sort of sitting the in plush. the shop. They're, yeah, they're calling it a peach because it's related to Momotaro, the story, which is what the Kitakami story is based off of, I believe. And that is expected to be related as maybe another force influencing or, well, it looks, it looks like the, the toxic chains. That's the easiest thing to talk about there. It looks like the toxic chains that are on the three lousy trio mm -hmm. of Pokemon. It is the same color. It is the same shape as the chains that have chained up those three Pokemon. And so those are two hints that were in the epilogue trailer that I'd been kind of pointing out in my playthrough that I think are related. There yeah. are also... Oh, sorry. There's one more hint. I don't know if you noticed, Hannah, but the loyal three or the lousy three, they all have the same category of Pokemon. They're mm. known as the retainer Pokemon. And so a retainer oh. would the a retainer would mean that they are working for somebody. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they are all chained up. They're all they're all retainers. Yep, that makes complete sense. And then the other hint towards this particular part is that when you're in Kitakami at the festival and you're looking up at the lanterns in the summer festival that ended up not taking place in summer, they have types for each of the lousy three. And then they have two types 
outside outside of the lousy three, or maybe one. I think it's one so type. It's uh, is it just the ghost? It's just ghost. I believe that's out yeah. of place. Yeah, yeah, there's the ghost that's out of place. All of the others are the same types as the lousy three, and then there's the ghost typing on those lanterns there. But going back to Kieran and how Kieran relates to all of this, the particular place where Kieran starts acting different, as far as I could tell, and and they've been really subtle about this. This has been just little hints here and there up until the teal mask where it's still... You can debate this. I have debated this with friends over text for hours because plenty of people still think that this is kind of... That, that the teal mask and the indigo disc are Kieran's story. And you know, I respect that viewpoint, but I disagree. So <laughs> there is a point at the third signboard, and I know this is the third signboard, where Kieran comes up and something happens on screen. There's this wavy effect that happens on screen that doesn't have to do with anything else happening. There's no Pokemon appearing. There's no magic happening other than that that you can see, but something happens on screen. And from that moment onward, that's when Kieran starts acting a little bit different and gets a little bit rougher on himself and those around him more and more and more until the time when you defeat him and he falls to his knees and there's another screen effect just like that but he doesn't stop there though that, that this is the thing his that's his... when it starts to lessen though oh okay so, so uh, that's the peak sort of thing that's, so, that that's sounds how I interesting think about it. i do think i'm being a little bit cynical here but i do feel like please th there is a huge history of pokemon fans as a whole seeing things and going that's a hint about something yes. and nothing ever <laughs> happens about it again not to say it wasn't a hint and not to say there wasn't something that could have been there <laughs> yeah. but i feel like then pokemon just go eh we're done with that thank you and no i don't mean like ghost girl and x and y right that was that, that was probably nothing but there's loads of them all over the you mean place, all right? of az's storyline <laughs> well yeah i mean that's yeah that's a perfect example yeah yeah absolutely like i just it just I would love for that to be the case and for us to get a proper conclusion to this because I guess that would maybe make his ending in this story feel a little bit less weird, right? Because if he had been, the implication here is possessed by something and by the end of this, Not necessarily. There's, there's, a, there's a distinct difference between possessed and influenced. I think it's still Kieran yeah. at heart, but I think he's been influenced yeah, I, to I, be I, more toxic. I agree with Hannah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's being controlled in any way. Okay, okay. I guess that would explain a little bit because, like, th that's my biggest frustration with this story is I really like what they're doing, and and then they get to the end and you you defeat him, and then you he's kind of like a little bit like frustrated. We really frustrated with that. Blah 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 blah. And then you go and you go to Area Zero. You have the whole same thing again, right? Where he's he's like, oh, I'm going to catch Terrapagos. And you're like, oh no, here we go again, because clearly he's not going to end up with Terrapagos. So we're going to have to deal with this again. And mm -hmm. then you have that whole bit. And then right at the end, he's he, it's, it's, it felt to me like a, an about face. Like suddenly he's, he's like, oh, can we just start again? Like it didn't feel like there was any progress there, but maybe, I don't know. There was a little bit. Ever after you defeated him, he started kind of saying your name again and as you were going through the area zero <laughs> he did say wowzers at least once. <laughs> um, 
As I don't know. I don't. I never zero. noticed him saying that at all. That word. <laughs> <laughs> you miss his signature catchphrase, "Wowzers." <laughs> As you're going through Area Zero, especially right before you open the gate to the Zero Lab at the as far as we knew before now, the lowest part of Area Zero, before the last part of the DLC, debatably. <laughs> uh, time Machine is lower, but not many people think about that. Um, so the Zero Lab, right as you're about to open the gate, he says, wowzers, he says something, he makes a comment, and everyone looks at him. And that's kind of a, one of the moments of him going a little bit back to normal, and Carmine smiles because that feels like her brother again, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I I do like the word influenced. It it felt like me that it felt to me like Kieran like watched one of those YouTube videos where like the guy is in the garage and he's like, I've read all these books and I afforded this like huge Lambo and you can too. <laughs> and you're like, oh, the, the, you are targeting, you are influencing a very specific kind of person and they're going to fall for this. And then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it felt very, there's like, hopefully like 10 people who listen to this podcast that know exactly what I'm talking about. I would also maybe use the word corrupted. And that word only comes to mind because of Porygon Z on his team. I think mm. that that choice is important. Can we, can we talk about his team? Cause I, I think, I think his team is fantastic. Um, and I'm. Not just because he has a cat, right? <laughs> when, he, when like I am not exaggerating. When he brought out Incineroar, uh, it was probably one of my favorite moments in all of Pokemon ever. Like his team is just <laughs> so good, and like as as uh like a as story wise, I think it's really good. But also like competitively, I know it's really good. And here's my nerdy voice. I'm sure somebody's listening to the podcast and going, well, actually, Steve, I one shot all of Kieran's Pokemon the first time. It was really easy. I'm sure you did. I'm sure all your like, I'm sure your level 100 Kyogre and the other five legendary Pokemon you had. I'm sure you just hit Water Spout and you just like went on your way. It's, it's totally possible. I wouldn't say like his battle was tough for me, even though I was like underleveled and I built a new team and I've learned from that team that Reuniclus is just a bad Pokemon and it's not good any in any way. Like Reuniclus is like dead weight. But like like I I thoroughly enjoyed that battle. Um and I thought it was really fun. I I his like they did such a good job here in Pokemon. Whether or not you think Pokemon games are hard or easy and I know some people struggled with certain Elite Four members and some people like they're just not battling people they're just not battle enjoyers anyway so they they're going to struggle i i don't think pokemon games will ever be to the point where like they're so hard that somebody can't finish them like that's not their goal right like they want you like this isn't like elden ring where they want you to hit your head against the wall for like 5 hours on a specific boss they want you to go through and especially they they want you to go through and see the rest of the story <laughs> like if you cannot beat kirin you can't see the rest of the story if you can't beat Cynthia in BDSP, which a lot of people struggled with as well. Um, you can't you literally can't even get to Shaman in BDSP if you don't beat Cynthia. You have to like beat her in order for Marley to show up in the cave to like walk you through to get to Shaman. Like, but it, but like the thing that I think Game Freak accomplished and say what you will. This is my big rant. Say what you will about like the frame rate of Scarlet and Violet or the bugs of Scarlet and Violet or the 
the, the how ugly Scarlet and Violet is. I agree with you everywhere there, but I think that the balance that the competitive team or whoever designs Pokemon and moves and like puts these together, I think they've done such a good job this entire series to have you know six hundred Pokemon, nine hundred moves, eight hundred abilities introduce new held items and everything just still works <laughs> like all of all of these just still work together and i think they accomplished the thing that they probably set out to do which is like we're going to show you in every battle whether that's an npc uh whether whether that's an elite four member or whether that's just some nobody standing in an open field we're going to show you a combination of how moves can work together whether that's like Rapska and Telepathy or uh, Discharge next to somebody who is ground and then Earthquake next to somebody who is flying. Like they've done such a great job showing like here are how complex our game is. And like we can like, oh, I didn't know I, I didn't know I could do that or I didn't know that those two together. For example, with Kieran's team of Dragonite and Politoed. Hurricane being 100% accurate in the rain, Thunder being 100% accurate in the rain, um, like the 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 helping hand, like I even forgot for a second, like I was like, oh, I'm just going to Draco Meteor the Dragonite, and I was like, oh, I completely forgot it has multi-scale, so like, literally if I chipped it one HP and then I Draco Meteored, it would have died, but because of multi-scale, it survived it. Every every Pokemon has a held item, so you have Expert Belt on Dragonite, Wakanberry on Toad, Life Orb on Porygon Z. And then he comes out with literally like the best Pokemon in all of competitive Incineroar, which is just absolutely fantastic with a citrus berry, which is normally what Incineroar runs. <laughs> like double screens, Sucker Punch, Spirit Break, Grimmsnarl. That is such a common, like popular set to run on the only thing that his like team is missing is like protects like if i look at his team his team just doesn't have protect but like assault vest hydrapple like if you literally look at the competitive ladder like that's what people are running on hydrapple already is assault vest because it like makes the most sense like everything about his team is so good and i'm sure people i'm sure some people struggle with them i'm sure some people thought he was very easy but, like, the point being is, like, he has, like, easily the coolest team in, like, this entire franchise. And it's and and it wasn't just, like, random, which I think goes back to the story. It was, like, I am going to change my team to actually try to win. And I think it's a little similar to Hop, where Hop loses to Bede and, like, Bede, like, makes fun of him. And so Hop drops his ace, which is Wulu, and then like changes his team, which is like really great. And it's it was it's so frustrating that people like hated on Hop so much because like every other rival you crush, they just they just come back with the same team the next time. But like Hop actually tries to like change his team because he keeps losing. It's like the first time in Pokemon history where they're like, you know what? I've lost to my rival like eight times. Maybe I should change something. And then Hop does. And of course, like the like the he goes back to his original team because he's like, I, I just miss using double, which is like very like, yeah, use your favorite Pokemon kind of thing. 
there is one other there is one other case of a rival doing that, and that's where Blue suddenly doesn't have his Raticate on the team. He doesn't switch it with something else though, which is the theory about it being dead. But um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's an interesting because we talked a little bit about this last week with the Elite Four members about how they're clearly they've taken this DLC to to tell us about more or or to show people. Especially, I think, kind of probably people like me, I'm probably the the target market for that, right? Because I don't really care about competitive. But actually, when you learn about that stuff, it's quite fun. And I actually ended up thinking up a few of my own ones. And like the one that I, I realized today is when I was against, it was actually kind of by accident that I figured out. But like when I was against the, I'm rubbish with the names, the Steel Elite Four member. Emerus? Yes. Um. I was like, I really need to use, uh, obviously I need to use fire, blah, 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 blah. And I had, um, Chiyu, is it? The, the goldfish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it has lava plume on it, which uh, hits everything around it. But I realized, of course, I have my dash bun, which can't be hit by fire attacks and actually buffs its defense. Mm-hmm. So that was another example of like actually using what they had done and shown different things that you can do and me going, oh, well, I can I can take advantage of this as well. And I can run this Lava Plume attack, attack both of them, and not only not hit my other Pokemon, but bust, increase its defense at the same time. And so I, 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 that's been really nice, actually being able to think, I'm still never going to do competitive, right? <laughs> I don't have the time. I don't have the energy for that. But it does make running Pokemon games a bit more interesting, especially the second time through. And I think, I think, the cool thing about Pokemon is like, at least like this DLC is like double battles lean so much into what you can do standing next to another Pokemon, um, which yeah. just makes it more interesting mm-hmm. to watch and more interesting to like build around and you just have more choices. Um, the one thing I will say before we move on from Kieran is like, obviously he always had the, the Diplin and I, I think for the most part, like he didn't have like a, the, these, these, all these other Pokemon are new. The thing that stood out to me is that he had a Poliwhirl, and then he evolved it into a Poliwrath, and he still kept the Poly line, but he would have had to start over. He would have had to catch another Poliwag and then evolve it the other way. And I don't, mm. I think that's intentional, mm-hmm. of like going from Wrath to Toad, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of shows like, Oh, I had to go like do the work again, which I really liked about Kieran's character of like minus the like <laughs> obsession slash whatever. Like it showed that like he actually wanted to get better as a trainer and like why he was undefeated because like his team is like really balanced and there's like a lot of thought into it and there's like a lot of synergy with it. And yeah, and like just the little thing of like, oh, you had a fully evolved Poliwrath, which is a pretty strong Pokemon, right? Like every Gen 1 fan is like, oh, I want to play. But like you got rid of it, started over with the same line and just went a different route on that line. Yeah. Yep. I, I feel like maybe there's a metaphor there about <laughs> fixing <laughs> your mistakes, but it doesn't mean you have to go completely different direction. You know, I just mean, his like team some, has I'd... been very intentional this whole time. Mm-hmm. Steve, you did a whole side podcast on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, his 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 team was very thought out like he doesn't have the shiftery anymore you could probably there's probably something with grimmsnarl being its own ogre because grimmsnarl is an ogre um where like he couldn't get ogre pawn so he got a different ogre just 
a very competitive ogre that was popular for like four plus years <laughs> in the competitive scene. I mean, like Incineroar makes sense. Like Incineroar is a heel. Like mm-hmm. he's the, it's known as the heel Pokemon, and obviously Kieran is the heel in the situation. Heel being a wrestler term for bad guy. I I don't think I think actually Hannah's a hundred percent right on the Porygon with the like the corruption stuff. Hmm. Like I think that's why Porygon is here. Yeah, Porygon was sent out, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> that's." That's it. That makes complete sense. Uh, I'm not, but it's very, it's very cool how they've been able to keep some thematic stuff going on with Kieran's team while also making it very competitive in those ways. I don't remember Carmine's team very well, uh, besides like her having some of the Pokemon she had before. But she had a couple new Pokemon, and when they came out, I was like, these are like softer Pokemon. They're not like as aggressive as her initial team was <laughs> uh but i would have to relook at her team i guess that like after defeating kieran and and going through like drayton like being petty uh we then get called into the office to then meet gita and um oh i'm blanking on her name right now what the heck uh rika rika yeah yeah <laughs> This With another the- another dig another dig at Kieran not being champion anymore because of course the the announcer didn't know that he wasn't champion anymore so calls him champion Kieran oh yeah <laughs> and then I think the teacher does too I think Miss Briar does too or something like that this is like the only part of the DLC where I was like none of this makes sense <laughs> and I was like I well, hope especially- I hope Hannah can like try to save this but like. This kind of felt like this weird, like, okay, we need to go back. We need to, like, start the second half of the story. It makes a little tiny bit of sense. If you've if you've done the whole playthrough all fresh, you kind of notice how when you are going down to the Zero Lab, you let out a bunch more of the Paradox Pokemon from the lab, theoretically. And so those are the ones that are then starting to escape Area Zero and get into Paldea, and that's what the League is worried about there. And that's why they're coming to, for some reason, ask a teacher who can't battle and a bunch of school children to <laughs> go back down to Area Zero. It, it's not just that. It's also the fact that they, they come in and are like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see you here to you. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, why was I called in here then? And I'm the only one that's <laughs> been to Area Zero from this group of people. This- <laughs> yeah, th- there was like, and and then I think Gita says, like, you've been bothering about, you've been bothering us about visiting Area Zero for months. So yes. like, here's your like chance, which is like, I don't know if there's that like. Was, oh. That was the thing that was in the teal mask. Miss Briar was actively trying to get into Area Zero and Jock yeah. was going, oh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'll put the request through for you. <laughs> but it's like, we have a problem now. Who should we rely on? I don't know. Maybe the person that keeps annoying us about it. Maybe she knows something, <laughs> which is like, ah. Yeah. I mean, it would make a little bit more, it would make a little bit more sense if they knew you were there, I think is my point, right? Because they, they know you've been there before. You're, you're a champion in Paldea. You're now the champion. And like, if they, if they'd done that, but it's the fact that they come in and are like, oh, we didn't even know you were here. So even that doesn't make any sense. Honestly, they didn't even need that part of the storyline. <laughs> they really could have just said Miss Briar finally got access to Area Zero and she wants to bring some students with her to check yeah. it out. I feel like what would have made more sense is like, them looking for you because you've been there before and then like miss mm-hmm. Briar being like please take me with you yeah yep that would have that would have just like solved the everything 
because like it would there be very easy for her to, to just be like no like I, I i can help you i can be a resource to you please take me with you i like i know where to point you and be like yeah of, of course like i don't know what i'm really looking for um, she's never being allowed back though <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go through the uh hannah do you want to go through like the the walk down to area zero the walk down to area zero Which, that wasn't or like just like the start. I guess you could walk down, or you could jump down, or you could teleport down. But like, <laughs> I mean, I did walk down. I was kind of glad there wasn't the whole uh, dialogue going so fast you can barely read it thing again. But yeah, you walk down there to Area Zero with Kieran, with Carmine, with Miss Briar. Miss Briar is the descendant of Heath. Just as a reminder, Heath is the person who was in all of the who wrote the Viola book and the Scarlet book. That is who Heath was. I know a lot of people had forgotten or, or didn't read the book enough to know by this DLC, but Miss Briar is Heath's de descendant, and so she wants to go through and kind of prove him right and learn more about Terrapagos, theoretically, as well as stabilize the terrestrial phenomenon outside of Paldea, which she kind of had, but apparently is going to improve on with more untested things. <laughs> but yes, Sorry, you go we get to test it for her. Yeah. The entire <laughs> the, the entirety of Blueberry Academy gets to test it for her. And so you go down there with the three of them and I really thought that so there are kind of two storylines going on here. There's the Terrapagos storyline and there's Kieran's storyline and they do overlap here in a way that it, that that works, I suppose. It's fine. It's not as much as I expected it to, which is why I'm glad the epilogue exists, but, and I don't expect them to overlap any more in the epilogue, but, uh, we kind of talked about Kieran's story. In terms of Area Zero, we didn't really know that there was going to be anything deeper, and really were a little bit worried that it was just going to be a hallway, but it was more than a hallway. It was more than a hallway. <laughs> Pokemon out here always trying to impress more than a hallway. Yep. <laughs> Multiple hallways. <laughs> I still don't really know what was with the indigo disc thing, except just to unlock the deeper portion of the elevator. But we went down the elevator. We got into that deeper part of Area Zero. Yeah, I was just assuming the indigo disc was Terrapagos. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> like, I thought I mean Terrapagos was trapped in the creepy green orb hovering above blueberry academy i was very worried about that yeah i i just remembered we did miss just before we get too deep into that i realized we missed an important thing which is drayton saying he wasn't going just because he can't be bothered yeah yeah i know that's <laughs> just i can i can relate man totally totally understand and is completely within his personality but I just, we needed to mention that as well no that that man is spot on that in this entire dlc i feel you <laughs> you know the the interesting thing that uh going to the Terrapagos fight like you get a little bit of dialogue and stuff going through that but i i did like in in 28 years of pokemon like they finally reused the mechanic that they've used like in two games, which is you need to knock out a Pokemon to open a door. And I thought that was like <laughs> clever. 
especially in Area Zero, where it was like uh, the first one was like very obvious. Oh, I got to fly over there and knock out the I think it's a Noiburn. And then then they kind of like hide the Pokemon. So you get a little bit of exploration. You get to pick up items. You do a little jumping puzzle. You knock out the Pokemon. The next door opens. The only time I remember this is like, I guess, like technically Snorlax um, in red and blue. Which is like blocking a door, but that's more like you still need to get an item to do that. You still need to get the Poke yeah. Flute to do that. And then the and only pseudo other. Pseudo Wudo. Pseudo Wudo, but yeah, Pseudo Wudo is still like you can't, you need the item. You, st- you still yeah. need the. There was one of the rocket hideouts you have to take down uh, Electrode or Voltorb, I can't remember, to open a door. There was the, in Heart Gold, Soul, Silver, or Gold and Silver, there was like three electrodes you need to knock out with Lance that's, to like progress through, which is also an interesting mechanic that they don't really, I feel like they don't really repeat. The only, the only like must knock out a Pokemon to progress and you don't need like a key item like a Poke Flute or the Square Bottle is in black and white, you have to knock out a Crustal that is blocking a door mm-hmm. and you can fight him at any time. There's nothing you, you just, you have to, you just have to fight the Crustal to open the door spoiler for black and white there's crystals in it um but like you would just think that they would just lean on that mechanic more <laughs> they don't it doesn't always make sense thematically they even went a little bit more uh in depth with it this time with it being the whole crystals thing and when you knock out the stellar terra pokemon that's when the crystals disappear yeah However, that makes sense. But actually, I will make a side note that the first Stellar Terra Pokemon you have to knock out is Glimora, which is somewhat significant in questions we will never get never get answered, probably. Okay, I got it. So Glimora is like the flower cannon from X and Y, and then it blows no, the crater in, well, <laughs> and then AZ shows up, and the third DLC, we're going back to Kalos. I, fo- I solved the whole thing, <laughs> Hannah. Glimora's materials are what you use to make Terra Blast. Oh, yeah, oh, that too. okay. My only frustration with this bit is just let me catch the Pokemon. I really wanted to catch the Pokemon because of the first ones you encounter <laughs> with the stellar Terra type. Oh, and yeah. They just don't, you have to knock them out. It's like they could have easily made the, the, the story work, right? Because you, you have to knock out the Terra part of them before you can catch them. So you just say that's the thing that breaks it down. They wouldn't let me get It's really annoying. Just they let me catch them. They had to wait to tell you what stellar Terra type worked until after you'd finished the <sighs> Terrapagos battle. Yeah, fine. Fine. And then, uh, well, I mean, they let you catch, like, knock out and catch the Alpha Pokemon in Legends. Like, the three big... Was it like yeah, that's Zor- not this. I know, but, like, the, I'm <laughs> defending different. you, Al. I'm defending you. All right. They should, they should let you catch. Yeah. I totally get why there's not like a dialogue walking sequence down because like the opening of the doors to the tree that doesn't do anything to then getting to Trapagos, it does take a while yeah it's an an adventure on its own and i mean this is a dlc and they're kind of trying to keep it short and there wasn't as much left in the whole terrestrialization story as i was hoping they would be just a lot of questions we're never going to get answered but then also some we did get answered such as such as we're going to need another warning spoiler warning before that not actual spoilers it's in the game but a lot of people haven't found it yet oh you're talking about after terapagos yeah okay oh before, yeah, yeah before we yeah. get there maybe i missed it hannah what is so 
emergency in Area Zero. You and your crew have to find it. What mm-hmm. what is the emergency about a turtle being stuck in a rock? <laughs> like what no, was the actual emergency? If I'm remembering right, and I think I took screenshots of it, but if I'm remembering right, Gita comes to you saying the emergency is that there are too many paradox Pokemon getting out into the rest of Paldea. Let me double check. Um, I think I think you're right. Yeah. But there's there's no explanation as to why in this part of the story, without the other bit we're about to talk about, there's no explanation in this part of the story that I remember as to why Terrapagos has anything to do with that. And why no, there's he, not. Oh, why he's stuck <laughs> in the rock. Yeah, no, there's there's no explanation to Terrapagos. Um I what, took notes on part. every single thing. There's no explanation to Terrapagos. There may be an explanation uh like, in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> like they really no, make no, the I dark. Mean, I mean, they're, the ba- they're really making the darkest talk- day look look very confident as a storyline. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's really hard to talk about any of this without also talking about the the bit at the crystal pool. Yeah, so I mean, we definitely can talk about that. I think that is talking the about the crystal. I- the crystal pool make it make the turtle being stuck make more sense. <laughs> Not being stuck, but about Terrapagos in general. I think. A bit, yeah. The crystal pool is what made this storyline satisfactory for me. Yeah, no, I I like the crystal pool, which is okay. We'll circle back to Trapagos. We're dancing, we're dancing around <laughs> it so much. <laughs> well, we'll circle back to Trapagos because there's some story stuff there. He's stuck. You pull him out. You fight him. Obviously, the Pokemon trope. Then after credits roll. You go to back to Kitakami, and all you have to do is walk up to the crystal pool where you battle the Milotic. And if you don't know about this, and if you haven't played this, please go and do it yourself because Definitely. it's important. Yeah, it also only takes like three minutes. Rest. So go do that and then come back if yeah. you haven't done this. You don't need Terrapagos in your party. You just literally need to have credits roll and then just go to the crystal pool in Kitakami and then just walk up to it. This isn't like a time travel thing it's like it a, is a time travel thing it, oh, i thought it was debatable. like a parallel it's debatable <laughs> well so that, i mean yeah but the whole thing is t- debatable right like the paradox pokemon are they actually with from our timeline blah 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 etc that's all the same thing right because the question is not the i think the the key point is terrapagos is the source of that whatever that is terrapagos mm-hmm. is the source of that whether terrapagos it's time the travel source of or time travel or, or the, the, t- the the machine I right, suppose. because you, well, you arrive here, and then Terrapagos just materializes someone from either the past or a different timeline. Yes, but we also know that the Crystal Pool is a place where people have said you could go and see people who have passed away. That is yeah, something but... special about the Crystal Pool, connecting oh. the power of the crystals there to oh. the power of the crystals in Area Zero, which are related, which are undoubtedly related to Terrapagos. Yeah, sure, but seeing people <laughs> is very different from trading a book with them. And actually getting a physical book out of that. Like they have, yes. he, they were transported. I keep thinking he, because I was just thinking of, <laughs> of the one I played, <laughs> Violet. Right? but it's either of them, depending on which one you play. The professor. Um, you, the professor. There we go. That's a good way of doing it. Um, you get a book, the book from them, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that it, it's not, it's not like you just see a, an image of them. And up till that point, I was like, not actually sure whether they were there or not, but no, they're very definitely there. Mm-hmm. Depending on the extents of Terrapagos' power. 
I mean, Al, you and I both watched the whole of the Arrowverse. We know how how far you can stretch the limits of imagination. That's why I was like, I don't know if it's time travel or different timelines. Because, like, apparently there's a a difference of that technically. Yes. The one line where they mentioned that it's not just a time machine, it is a time and space machine. That solved everything enough for me. (laughs) That was plenty satisfactory. Yeah, I understand. I'm not, I mean, I feel like no explanation to that would be satisfactory, right? Because then you then you end up in the, the debates of time travel paradoxes. I, I think they're just leaning into that. You are already that. in the debates they're, of time travel well, paradoxes. Yeah, but my, my point is, I think they're just leaning into that and they're going, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's one timeline or multiple timelines. It's happening. Deal with it. I mean, right? yeah. like that's, that's what they're saying. And I'm okay with that. Yep. I mean, if we're talking about mythical Pokemon... Celebi is not allowed in the game. Therefore, it cannot be time travel. <laughs> think about that. They took they No, I will not think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like that part. I think it was cool that like, oh, you're you're still alive. Oh, you don't care about your son. That's weird. Uh oh, like That's not yeah. what they said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think my point is like I think that experience explains the emergency and it's weird that this wasn't part of the story because i think that you did something that then got terapagos stuck and now terapagos is just going crazy and doing more of what the machine does or powering up the machine or blah whatever is the machine still around at this point i forget what the deal is with that. oh i you see can what you're go saying into the machine room still uh before you unlock the deeper right. part of area zero okay you can go into that room still so right okay it's like so the... terapagos has a is, is is either the source of it or is being you know harnessed by it or something and it, the emergency is because terapagos something happened with terapagos and now because of that, more Paradox Pokemon are coming from the timelines or the past or the future. doesn't matter. That's the issue. Uh, I'm yeah, not I sure think, any think... of that was said, but I could imagine no, it. wasn't. It. it wasn't said. I'm not saying it was said. I'm saying it was implied. And you don't get that implication until you go to the Crystal Pool. If you don't go to the Crystal Pool, you have no idea that Terrapagos has any, could possibly well, have any indications to you, do with You that. do have an idea because there are the journal entries. They're they're all the book pages. But the journal I think I read. I didn't read a book. <laughs> I'm not reading. This then video you don't game. get to argue that you're right about the story. No, I'm not, and I'm no, not. No, no, no. That's no, no. Because that whether whether the book or not, right? That isn't something you have to go through through the story, right? So I, whether the book tells you or whether the the thing at the crystal pool tells you. If you don't do either of those things, which are not required for the main story. Miss Briar directly shows you the page of the book that's not blacked out or censored in any way. You have the book there as part of the story that is unskippable. No, I think I think <laughs> okay. what Al is saying, <laughs> in the book before Trapagos that you find in the desk that's randomly down there, it's it's it says that you're going to do the thing you do at the Crystal Pool. It like predicts it for you. There it, is like, that moment. It it says like you. That the, is the one and only hint that people have to go to the crystal pool. Right, right. I think what Al is saying is that at some point all of this is happening because Terrapagos is stuck. Yes. And we don't know why he's stuck, but it doesn't matter because the time, not the time, whatever you want to call it, the timeline, the parallel universes, they're <laughs> messed up. Timey wimey. Yes. And they don't explain why he's stuck, but because he is stuck, that's the problem. That's that. Yeah. And I'm not saying it says that it doesn't say that. 
but I think it it hints at that possibly being the reason. Because he I is considering Sam, he after we stop, they seem to think the problem is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. like it still doesn't make sense why he is stuck and why we no. go down there to pull him no. out unless the reason he is stuck is because things are broken <sighs> or like out of place. <laughs> Either way. I think... I think we probably put more thought into it now than they yeah. did writing it. Yes, but. I'm not sure about that part. I think that part is really just what they, they needed a they way have to him get stuck you then? He could have just been there. He could have just been hanging out. Why is because there a needed... tree? <laughs> <laughs> the tree is there because Terapagus was stuck. Oh, I see. I see. The tree was I growing. I can, I can come up with all these weird ideas. For every one minute he one. was stuck, the tree grows five years. Well, I understand. What I found really funny is like the tree was like so visible in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And like until you mentioned the tree again today, I forgot about the tree. Like I don't I know even people remember. people who didn't even did, notice it was there. No, exactly. Did we actually see it? It was there. <laughs> you did, was it, yes. was it yes, on was... top of the rock the Terrapagos was stuck in? No, Scarlet, it was in a there was a Garganackle, so it was going to be a different Pokemon in Violet, but it was on the same island as one of the Pokemon you had to knock out to get past the crystal barriers. Yeah. Oh. You just the, had to look last up Pokemon and you not everyone out. looked up. Yeah, I didn't look up. How do you not look up? You have to go down like a water canal to get to it and then the whole thing's it's in It's surrounded by this beautiful deep pool. I wish we could still dive so that you could actually explore that place more. Um, I was just finding the Pokemon to then go back. I wasn't exploring at this point. <laughs> I, w- I was exploring because there was items in the ground. I thought I was going to miss something. Yes. So I was, I was Not in that room though. Okay, can we talk about the second cool... This, so the first coolest part of this entire DLC is Kieran has Incineroar. No debate there, right? Like, coolest part of the entire DLC is Kieran sure. using Incineroar. Okay. Yeah, we're all in agreement. Glad glad we got there. The second coolest part is when he throws a Master Ball at Terrapagos. <laughs> it was so cool. It was, like, one of the top five moments in all of Pokemon where, like, like it's it it's, like... Anytime you watch a movie and the bad guy is like, oh, here's, how, here, here's how I'm going to end your life. You're going to slowly be dropped in this pool of lava. And it's just like, just drop him. It doesn't need to be like a 10 minute. <laughs> like, he wasted no time. Yeah. That, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Terrapagos popped out and he threw his Master Ball. In. It was so cool. It, it Something about like a, a, a non-player character throwing a Master Ball and it. Just doing that, like I'm going to say, and it succeed. Of course, it would succeed. It's a master ball. Well, see, you say you say that, but I was there is actually a, the teeniest chance that master yeah. ball can fail, and I was oh. like, oh, is that what they're going to do here? Is that the plan that actually it will fail <laughs> because there's that absolutely tiny chance, and they're going to go into the whole Pokemon do actually choose that would make thing so many didn't. people angry though oh yeah oh yeah. i'm sure it would have absolutely because I don't think many people actually realize that there is a, actually a chance that master ball can fail. Um, yeah, no, but... that would make so many people angry. And there is actually there is actually a moment. It's not just Terrapagos pops out and Kieran throws the Master Ball at it. It's Terrapagos pops out and the first person it sees is the player character. And it starts innocently and very yeah. cutely walking towards the player character and Kieran goes, not again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this kind of like, kind of points to Kieran's motives of like, I just want a strong Pokemon. And this is a legendary and I have a master ball like I'm not going to let this get away. Like no one like I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to debate with anyone. I'm just going to throw it. It's mine. I- I'm sure mm-hmm. if he had a master ball when you approached Ogre Pond. Well, I don't think I don't actually think that I don't think he was in that mindset. To be like not quite. Yeah, I don't think he would. have. I don't think he would have thrown the master ball there versus throwing the master ball uh- now. And I think that's like 
yeah cool story development of like i lost I think, but i'm still not giving up i'm going to catch yeah, it's this kind pokemon of a, a moment of desperation i think when you when you were at ogre pond i don't think he even thought through i don't even thought it was a possibility that ogre pond wouldn't go with him and and then through that rejection he then realizes it right i need it needs to be i need i need to not give them a chat a choice next time so i need to to work to get that master ball to then make sure that i don't fail yeah well, he very... didn't try to give ogre ogre pond a choice but it's along those lines <laughs> sure but didn't try but ogre pond still had the choice right that's the point with whereas with the master ball if we ignore the tiny chance the master ball has you basically it had had no choice at that point Mm-hmm. I, I did like the battle with Terrapagos. Um, I always think, personally, this is just a personal preference, I think battles with Pokemon you've never fought before are more fun when you don't know their typing. Um, again, this mm-hmm. is just, like, people will debate of whether, like, looking at a guidebook is, like, takes the fun out of it. Like, as, a, as like, a 10-year-old, I played through all of Ocarina of Time with a guidebook in my lap, and I had the world's best time in the entire world, right? Like, and then I, when I played through Elden Ring, I was like, I don't want to look at anything, and I had the best time in the world. For me, with Pokemon, it was like, I, I did not know Ultra Necrozma's typing, and that was, like, a couple turns of, like, trying to figure out which move is super effective and, like, like losing that first battle because I was like, I, I, I don't know what type he is. And then with Terrapagos, I had no clue he was normal type. I'm water moves, fire moves, electric, like, <laughs> I'm what, like, and then I, like, I'm, like, second guessing myself because I'm, like, I don't know what Stellar does either. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I was, like, yeah, if he's doing this move, is his type changing? I knew I knew he was normal type, but I didn't know about the the type effectiveness inversion. So as soon as I saw that little bit where it was like, oh, the, the it's messing with the type effectiveness, I was like, oh no, what do I do now? I was already just to throw a fighting move at it, and now I need to think about it. <laughs> it does. I I agree with you. It does make it a little bit more fun. There's only so much that I can ignore beforehand, right? So like you find these things out, but apparently I didn't know that bit beforehand. So that, yeah, that did make it a bit more fun. And I, I did like the, I, I, I was so, like, I think at one point Miss Briar was like, you need to trasalize in order to, like, do damage to it. And over I was like, and over and over And again. I was like, I know, but I have to attack it three times. And then my Twitch <laughs> yeah. chat was like, you, no, you can trasalize right now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm so used to raid battles. I'm like, I got No, I think you did have to. You, you, have you to do it still it have to. You have to do it twice, not uh, three times. Okay. Okay. So like I'm 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 like trying to like count moves in my head instead of just like looking at the button that's lit up because I'm like so used to like raid battles. Slightly different mechanics. Yeah, I did have a similar sort of thing to you where I was like, oh no, it's stolen my my Terra. Oh no, what am I going to do for the rest of the battle? I didn't realize you got it again until it came up with it, and I was like, oh, it's still there. Yeah. Well, I think Carmine helps you with one Pokemon because she's like, I only have Sinistra or whatever. And then eventually Kieran joins you, which like that end part where like you fight Kieran, Kieran loses to you. He like doesn't understand what he does wrong. Like the love of Pokemon, like I, that nothing there was like kind of new <laughs> in the sense of like Pokemon games. And then Terrapagos breaks out, digivolves into the bigger one. And then you fight alongside Carmine and then alongside Kieran. And that was like very standard, like, okay, this is what like brings our friendship back together is us fighting this very powerful Pokemon together. Like, it was 
I don't know how else you do that. Like, it was just, like, a very standard Pokemon thing to do to, like, wrap that up. I, I thought it was fine, though. Like, I enjoyed that battle. I thought it was fun. Like, it was predictable in the sense of, like, oh, of course, Carmine's going to run out, and then Kieran's going to step in for her. Um, I liked it. I, I But I don't think it was, like, that part was super unique. But I don't think yeah. it was bad. I, I liked his, like, reticence to do it initially. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I have failed twice now. I lost to you, Al, and then I uh, and then I lost to you again, right? Uh, I'm clearly useless now. I can't do anything, right? His confidence yeah. is completely mm-hmm. gone. No confidence. I liked that, and then how he's finally like, okay, fine, fine, I'll help, and then and helps. I just felt like the, like oh, because we defeated Terrapagus together. That means I now forgive you for lying to me and going behind my back and all of that. And we're not even going to mention that again. That's the Wikipedia that's fe- bullet point entry. That's, yeah, that just <laughs> that just feels like they just completely just were like, well, we want to get from A to B. So we've gone, gone from A to B, but there's no real reasoning as to why they've gone. from. And it didn't even I don't even think it needed to be huge. Even just a fact of like if he had gone something like, I don't think I'm quite there yet. We'll need some time but I'm sure I'll get there. Something like that. Or like, you didn't even need to be immediately like, oh, especially as we now know we've got the epilogue, right? They could have done a little bit more there, but no, they had, they wanted it to be here. They wanted him to be friends with you again now. They it needed just the felt... sunrise happy ending Yeah, moment. they needed, they I needed do feel the like... before and after pictures in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I do feel like there were moments, as you know, I feel like the moment when Kieran starts going back to normal is when you defeat him and just sort of starts getting more and more back to who he is actually debatably very much so but i mean yeah if you don't if you don't pick up those little clues it's very what they've done with kieran's story is not only subtle and so far because of the the epilogue is debatable on what's actually going to happen and what actually is happening but it's not it's also not great morally. Like, this is not how I would have written this story. It's super interesting to me because of the way they're doing it. There are things that it's been super fun to find clues for, but this is not all lining up quite right in all the ways. They had so much to answer and so much to talk about. And they, they I guess they did, but not in any of the ways I expected. Yeah. I think that the, yeah. I think that Kieran stuff does like make sense. Him being really strong, him losing to you, him like trying to catch another legendary Pokemon to defeat you, losing, then like you needing help and him joining, and then like that was not surprising, and that was fine. Again, not bad. I enjoyed it, but I was like a little predictable. I think that that what was like surprising is like how useless Briar was. <laughs> Like, that was actually surprising. Yeah. Like, she calls no, you yeah. into the office. She's like, I finally get to go to Area Zero. And then she, like, gives you some dialogue down there. And then even during the battle, she's like, hey, Terrasalize. And you're like, duh. Yeah. And then it was like, I don't, I don't even remember her saying anything after the fight is over. I, I know she does. No, no. this is, and this is, this is my big bugbear about this, right? What we've just witnessed, right, is we've caught this Pokemon, right? Kieran's caught this Pokemon, and then he's used it to battle, and then it has expanded out of, he's broken out of the Pokeball, so destroyed the Pokeball, he's then gotten into this battle that is going to bring the cave down on, on top of us. They're legitimately worried that we're all about to die here, so we need to step in and save us all 
from dying. Like, it's very clear they're worried about that. <laughs> and then you catch Terrapagos again, and they're like, okay, I'm glad you've got Terrapagos now. And you're like, how is this any different? We we know that this Pokemon can break out of Pokeballs and kill people. Why are we now okay with me, a different child, having this Pokemon? <laughs> it's like it's not even like with, with so many of the legendary Pokemon. It's just you on your own going to find it or you with like a, the, the bad guys and you're the one that takes it down or whatever. You don't have a teacher there with you who sees it nearly killing you and then is totally fine with you taking it. It just seems so bizarre that she's just like great that's it that's all she said she's like great let's go I had <laughs> it such was bizarre her, her motive is to go to area zero to like because of heath and stuff but like we walk out of that cave with like me and kieran are best friends now and i have a terapagos what is like briar walking out of that cave doing she like, writes a book she publishes a book she she's good yeah, yeah. I think no. I think I think she she found the place that no one else knew about. That's the key point. That's all she yeah. wanted was just to find. That's the place. all she. Yeah, of course, of course. I think and and I think we see that, as Hannah says, when she writes the book. That that's what she she's she's using it for fame. Yeah, I had such high hopes for her because her character was super interesting. Her character design has all of the lore hints in it. Her theme when you talk to her for the first time before the teal mask. If you're listening to it, it goes back and forth between setting out on a new adventure, kind of uphearted, up lighthearted theme music and very much evil character music. It just goes back and forth between those in her one theme. I was really expecting her to to turn around and be a character you battled, but she, she can't battle. Yeah, I, I'm like like most stories or especially most game development, which this is not like is exclusive to Pokemon, but you've if if you like look at other developers, whether that's like Bungie or three four three or respawn or whatever, they always talk about like how sometimes like the story is written first and then they try to fit gameplay around it, or sometimes the gameplay is like there and then they have to wrap story around it. Um, like I'm sure that's very complicated. I'm I'm sure trying to line everything up of like how are we going to tell the story in this game is is hard. And at least it's not like an X and Y situation where like things legitimately don't make sense at all. Like in this story, even though like I have a couple complaints about like Briar was useless or whatever, like everything mostly made sense. Uh, and the things that didn't make sense, you can just chalk up to like ah, time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time and space travel. And the player character got to be a part of it, which was my main qualm in Sword and Shield. So I'm happy. Like, I, I do think story-wise in all Pokemon games, like, I've said this before on the show, like, I don't think, I, I think there are people that come to Pokemon for, like, a story. Uh, I don't think Pokemon tells a relatively good story at all. I think it's very, like, start to finish, tongue-in-cheek, predictable. Like, I think... Probably my favorite video game story, like top three video game stories I think I have are like Night in the Woods, but like Night in the Woods, The Last of Us, and probably like Uncharted 4 are probably like my three favorite video game stories. And I think the the thing that all those stories have in common is somebody can be sitting on a couch next to you and not even play the game, but like enjoy it. Like I remember playing The Last of Us and I was like, I was like specifically told like, 
you cannot play anymore until I get home from work because I like I need to I need to know what's going to happen next. Like and it's like oh, if I want to finish this game, I gotta wait till you get home from work. Like okay, like but that's not, that never that's not happening in Pokemon. No one's being like, babe, uh, like we can't see what Briar's going to do next. Like yeah, got like. <laughs> I literally replayed the entire thing for this second DLC. I was that excited about this story. I don't necessarily think we, I mean, we didn't get all the answers. Not everything made sense, but it was really interesting lore and a cool time. So, plus, with how debatable Kieran's story is, I think that, I think that this is a more interesting story than they've done before. Yeah. Both, both stories that they have in this game. Also, predictable stories don't can be fun right yeah, yeah, like, no, I, I, i've yeah. just i've just spent i've just spent three weeks running up to christmas watching christmas films and they all have the same story but that doesn't mean <laughs> i don't enjoy watching them uh, no i i enjoyed the elite four i enjoyed going down to area zero i just i just think there were like little holes that were like hey oh, you could have done that better and they probably know that they probably were like yeah you know we messed this up like literally there's an interview of masuda being like we don't. I I don't know what they were gonna do with Az. Like, there's a, actually an interview of him being like, Ah, Az. I don't know. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> That's what we have fan fiction for, right? Like, <laughs> and, and and they they have said plenty of times. They as like Game Freak has said plenty of times that they like to leave things open for us to speculate or talk about, and. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I mean, like that is that is the series as a whole is like these Pokedex entries that are obscure enough and these plot holes that are obscure enough and whatever weird timeline megas are now in Ruby and Sapphire separation thing that broke everything like I've accepted that. I I think there is part of me that like sometimes I like a concrete story whereas like i know there are people that like love inception because like inception is so like open to interpretation at the end and it's like i would rather have like the concrete stuff but once they got to like the crystal pool with the time travel i was like this was never going to be concrete like you've already you've you've solidified that you've you're not going to give us a clear yeah and that's fine So, so here's something i've been thinking like could they do this more in pokemon games pre dlc could they do this sort of thing where they release a game slowly, right? Where you have parts of story given to us over the course of a year. And because that's essentially what we've done here, right? We've got the 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 main story, which may yeah, or may not link into this story. Three, that's what uh, they sure. sold us yeah, 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 that's, that's true. That's true. According uh, to the trailer for the epilogue, it does seem like it's going to link into it, it. it. It does, yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's the the teal mask stuff, and then a few months later we get this indigo disc stuff, and then we're gonna get another couple months later we're gonna get the epilogue. Uh, obviously, that was all kind of DLC based, but I feel like this was always the plan, right? Oh, like yeah. this the DLC, which we can get into those. I don't think we need to get into the discussion of whether we think that's ethical or not to sell as a game that they know that the story isn't complete until you buy another thing. Um, I'm I think sure you feel very will. satisfied if you just bought base game. Mm-hmm, I'd agree. The, Maybe. The, the DLC stories are very, I mean, you do get Terrapagos, but they're still very separate. Look, I would, I would tell people just watch the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. There's more, but don't watch that. That's not good. Just 
Stop, stop there, but, and you'll be happy. But this DLC is good. But this <laughs> yeah, DLC, yeah, is, this good. DLC <laughs> is good. But there are stopping points where you could be like, ah, I don't know what happened at the rest of the Orange is the New Black, but the first like two seasons I watched, I had a good time. I heard it's not good after that, but <laughs> but all I'm Can't saying is like stopping a TV series. You, <laughs> all I'm saying is you you could be satisfied with the first three stories. I guess. Sure. I I guess my point is like it feels like this was always the plan. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they slapped oh, yeah. a story on the side and went there. You've got another. There's your DLC story. Um, it feels like maybe there were different writers for the DLC. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> just the, all of the characters in the DLC are so anime trope, and the ones in the main storyline are slightly less. Yeah, I'm. I'm but, curious what the what the epilogue is wants to like set out and accomplish because like it could just be none of the questions that we have have like i don't think they're going to be like well this is the actual reason trapagos was stuck in a rock <laughs> like i don't think it's answering no, that i think that story like an over. essay <laughs> <laughs> well actually you see there was a nana berry down there this is how time travel works in the pokemon universe <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually going to tie together all the, the the stuff about the multiple universes with megas and stuff as well like that's all gonna come together and ultra beasts (laughs) um oh yeah of course they're all oh goodness yeah and i think i said last week like i don't think i think i think i don't i didn't think there was going to be more paid dlc Uh, this epilogue is free well free if you bought the dlc but i think you said there was not going to be a third dlc (laughs) i don't know if i consider does this technically count as a third dlc (sighs) i don't know like that's like the debate with like legends arceus of like whether that was like dlc or not like it was a forced update you had to do it and like yeah we love we love the paid paid dlc versus free update discussion is right yeah yeah like i don't i don't think there will be like part three and four of like dlc like i like if they're if they're actually going to say epilogue and they actually put out a physical version of these games on shelves with these two dlcs I can't see like next Christmas they're gonna be like, well, here's a physical version with four DLCs, no. <laughs> and then here is also yeah. like another epilogue. Like epilogue makes it feel like they're, we're done. They're using yeah. they're using the word epilogue very deliberately. I think yeah, they're, they're like this is I, I, there's a reason why they are giving us it later, right? Like there's a reason it's not included yet, and maybe that's just because we want you to play it later, but it might be something else. I don't know. I would also assume they want to get it out before Pokemon Day. I know, I think maybe... Oh, yeah. I don't know if we talked about this after the show or during the show, but, like... It was after the show, I think. I think it was after the show where, where Al yeah. was like, oh, if there is, like, a free epilogue, or we, we didn't even use the word epilogue, but if there was a free something else, it would probably be around Pokemon Day, and I was like, well, oh, I think it, we, I would think it would be Rayquaza around Pokemon Day. Yeah, we, we knew that. We, we didn't mention it on the podcast, but we knew it existed at that point, but they hadn't announced it. You but knew. we had a quick conversation at the end. Hmm? You told you me ga- I didn't. Oh, you didn't know. No. <laughs> Oops. Didn't do it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I still got to wake up to the epi- epilogue trailer and be very excited. Still. Yeah, no, it's a it's a cool trailer, and it, it and it's whatever. It's it's nice. I don't know if it's like intentionally delayed or they were like, hey, we need to put this out, and we also need like another month to do this. Like, well, there's not an update. There won't be an update before that. Oh yeah, it's because in the game. we've been. There we've could been, we've, they, it's in the it's in the game. Well, no, because they could do a said point that the one or whatever. But, no, no, but we know they're not going to do that because they've already said that point one is coming out with bug fixes. They've specifically said oh, yeah, point they one, 
and that's coming out at the end of January. So they were very, they, they said end of January. They didn't say January. So I don't think we're not so getting anything. I want to spend the next hour of this podcast talking <laughs> about the difference between <laughs> bugs and oversights. <laughs> Oh, right. Yes, this is why you've got me on. This is a software yes. developer. This is what. <laughs> if I, as I also, I, I did front end web development. If I, if I, you've been was... out of it for too long, Steve. You've been out of it for too long. I know. I but majored if my in boss, computer science. So if my boss was to come into my <laughs> office and be like, "Hey, there's a there's a bug with checkout and people can't check out." I I would never in a million years be like. Actually, that's an oversight, not a bug. Like, <laughs> I would be fired. <laughs> yep. My 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 favorite thing was like Joe, Mr. Joe Serebi, I love Joe by the way, uh tweeting that like the TM thing was not a bug, it was an oversight. But if you go into Pokemon Home, it says known bugs, TM not working. <laughs> like the 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 energy that people are putting into whether defending a broken game, which I love Scarlet and Violet. It is broken though. To be like, well, this is a bug or this is an oversight. This is only happening on Twitter, by the way. Maybe, I like, nowhere else. It's just, like, the specific Twitter audience is so caught up in whether things are bugs or oversights. Well, why, why, why does it matter? It's broken. Well, and the thing is, right, like, a software developer would be the first to tell you, no, though, that was a bug. I mucked up, right? Yep. Like, that, they, they will be the first to say that that was a mistake, oopsie daisy here we go here's the fix you know <laughs> I, I can't i can't imagine going oh yeah yeah having i mean apart from anything we have too many definition of definitions of things anyway we have too many things that people are like oh well this rather than that there ain't no way that any software developer is going to be talking about oversights and bugs as two different categories of this larger thing that we have even more category too many categories <laughs> get, get your it's ten, a problem get your 10 free tms <laughs> yeah the, the the issue, by the way, there were there's two issues. There was two bugs according to Pokemon Home. You can open up Pokemon Home and, and read the two bugs they talk about. But the one of the bug the bugs that the bug I'm talking about is that uh, in order to make a specific TM, which is I think for Metal Sound, which is a, yeah. a good 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 TM. Uh, if you have a Golden Go for raids, you should have Metal Sound on it. Uh, is that the either Cranidos or Shieldon drops the materials? But they programmed it for just like both being shield on. Kranidos doesn't drop anything because the game thinks it's shield on. It's not shield on. So it just doesn't drop any materials. So one version of the game, I couldn't have that backwards. One version of the game can't get the TM for Metal Sound because it's not dropping. And the I think, debate, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is Scarlet. I think, I think it's right. Scarlet. Yeah. Yep. So, so Joe was like, it's an oversight. They just forgot to switch it to the right Pokemon, which is like, <laughs> why, why, why is this a even, conversation? Even, even if there is a difference, right? It feels like such a pointless distinction. It's yeah. like, you know, at what point does something, but like, the point is, if it's something that isn't meant to happen, mm -hmm. it's a bug. Like that, mm -hmm. that's literally how yep. we define bugs. That's yeah. a bug. I'm a doesn't Scarlet player. Be... I can't get that TM. That's yeah. a bug. <laughs> The the NK one I find is I find even funnier because it's just like it will the game will just stop responding to input if you use an experience candy on an NK that's under level thirty. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, if weird. you level it to under th- level 30. So if it's like level 29 and you use an XL on it, it'll be fine. But if it's a level one and you use an, a small on it, no, it just stops responding to input. Uh, here's a pro tip for NK, actually, because some people are like, it's not working. This is the same issue in Sword and Shield. It's not an issue. It's just nothing is clear. Um, if you are playing... It's an oversight, actually. It's <laughs> not actually. a bug, just an oversight. An oversight by you, the player. Oversight by the player. <laughs> if you are playing with a pro controller, you need to uh, hold your switch upside down to evolve Inke. But it, if you have a pro controller enabled, it disables gyro, which is why it's not working. So you have to disconnect your yeah. pro controller, and then you have to physically attach your Joy-Cons and then flip it upside down. If the Joy-Cons are on and the Pro Controller is still connected, it's still not going to work. You have to disconnect the Pro Controller, make sure the Joy-Cons are connected, then flip it, and then give it the candy to evolve it. Like, it, like everyone who's like, it's not working, I'm like, do you have a Pro Controller attached? And they were like, yes. And I'm like, you you need to disconnect it because it's it's taking priority over the gyroscope. Oversight, though, not a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thing because I've got a uh, Nitro Deck, which has gyro in it, but it emulates a Pro Controller, so I had yeah. to attach Joy-Cons as well. Um, so <laughs> Fun. Uh, I think that's our episode. Uh, two hours. Whew. Long. Uh, I'm sh- uh, this is not the, the rest. I, f- I feel like there's probably things we didn't talk about. Um, if, if And there's a whole epilogue to look forward to. Yeah, we'll probably do the same thing where we'll give you guys a full week for the before we talk about it on the show. I think the epilogue comes out on like a Wednesday or the a Thursday. The eleventh of January. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't talk about it that weekend because you know not everyone might be able to get to it by then. But we'll come back. Well, I actually probably have Al back on for that since Al's been the Indigo Disc story carry. Um, and then Hannah can finally put to rest whether this was her favorite pokemon story of all time or not the epilogue could ruin it for her that's true (laughs) could ruin it all i just i look forward to i look forward to when we still have unanswered questions people saying well there will obviously be another thing because there there can't be unanswered questions we're we're waiting for something still yeah callus is right there it's right there (laughs) um yeah, hey, this is uh, the last episode of the year. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, feel free to comment what your goal for 2024 is. Maybe it's Pokemon related. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like you want to lose weight, which is awesome. Maybe it's you want to catch the entire Pokedex in Premier Balls. Also awesome. Maybe it's that you want to get your Magearna from completing Pokemon Home. That's cool, too. Uh, I'd like to know your New Year's resolution in the comments. So um, maybe it's... Not having any bugs in your code. (laughs) Only oversights. If you don't have any testers, you can't have bugs. That's true. Uh, Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Al. We will be back next week. Uh, We'll catch up on all the Pokemon news we've missed. So uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super Christmas. (laughs) Super effective. Happy New Year.
This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers of this episode, starting with Stephen, Kay, Yarny, Tony, Stuart, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Josh, Jessica, Fumes, Chris, and Brady. And a huge shout out to our executive producer, Spencer. If you too would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t to sign up and support the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you next episode.